Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD and on your favorite uh, podcasting service. I'm Troy Skinner, joined this week by David Forsey and Daniel Rasby. We're all pastors of house churches. You can uh, follow along with uh, us at householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's householdoffaithinchrist.com. The Rasbys, they also have a, a website. It's conqueredbylove.org. That's conqueredbylove.org. We've been systematically working through some noteworthy Christian declarations over the last 50 or so years, and we're up to the year 2022. That would be last year, if memory serves. Uh, it's called the Frankfurt Declaration, not to be confused with other Frankfurt declarations. This is the Frankfurt Declaration of Christian and Civil Liberties. And in its opening paragraph, these are some words. In the course of human events, it's very flowery language, it sometimes becomes necessary for people of good faith to speak out against the abuse of power. Cut it out, you guys. That's what they're saying. Pastors from different continents moved by an emergent totalitarianism of the state over all realms of society, and particularly the church, joined in common cause to craft a solemn declaration which seeks to address these threats with the timeless truths of God's word. So a lot of the things we've been talking about early on when we started these declarations, it was more general in scope. It was about scripture and and, and what it is and, and how to grapple with it and how to apply it. And, and then it got into some some broadly cultural kinds of, of issues uh, having to do with, you know, sexuality or marriage or, you know, church governance or what uh, broadly speaking, uh, powers of the state, that sort of thing. But you notice it's gotten much more refined and, and narrowed down as we've gone uh, with very particular declarations about very particular things. And I think it's because the moment right, that we've been in these, these last number of years, there have been big issues that are all kind of interrelated, but there are, there are specific things that you can't say everything about everything in one declaration. You'd have like a thousand articles in your declaration. So they're, they're breaking it up and somebody says, okay, you had talked about the medical tyranny and you talked about this, the, the mandates and you talked about you know the church's response, but we haven't had anybody do this one particularly. So let's, some guys got together and wrote this Frank, Frankfurt Declaration. So you guys ready? I'm gonna read the first article and uh, see what we think. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read maybe, uh, I don't know, half of it or parts I highlighted. I highlighted about half of it, what I feel like are the key gist of it. We affirm that the triune God has revealed in the Holy Scriptures and the conscience of men an unchangeable morality which is rooted in his own character. Since God is the ultimate lawgiver and judge, we deny the right of any earthly authority to require unconditional obedience of their citizens when contrary to his law. We also have good grounds to question the modern state's ethical pronouncements and moral vision since their secular humanism and relativistic ethics have no transcendent basis for human behavior or morality. I left out some talk about God being lawgiver and the Trinity and all that sort of stuff. That's just, you know, boilerplate biblical Christian stuff that's not specific to the Declaration. That's why I didn't read it. That's the common argument Christians have against atheism is saying atheists cannot be moral because you cannot uh, create morality except by something that is greater than yourself. And atheists believe that there is nothing greater than the man or the human. And so if they don't believe in God, you know, that's, that's, I, I guess, I guess the atheist would say the, the collective is the greater, bigger than me. Right. 
maybe. Would say would say humanity still, on the whole. But then but then truth is not absolute because it's subject to the will and the and the whims of humanity. Correct. Yeah, now to say they can't be moral at all, I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody say that. But if they did, I would. I I don't know if I could agree with that because God, you know, in His providence, He takes care of things outside yeah. of the realm of His church as well. You know, right. the 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 general grace uh, yeah. that that's out there. So people who are not believers in God might even be in active rebellion, wearing satanic shirts and whatever, shaking their fist. They still can have moments or aspects of their life that are moral. Sure. Because of God's provision, even in their lives, because of the the golden rule, I think that'd be like the the atheist's sort of ultimate claim to morality is, you know, I we ought to, to treat each other the way that we would want to be treated, and that's I think that's where the idea of the atheist saying, well, it's the it's the collective, it's the group that ends up, mm-hmm. and 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 you're right in the sense that then, well, that that can change based on the the whims of the of the group and, and i think that they only say that they're not consistent i don't believe in my experience <laughs> Pro- probably not they only say that when the group agrees with them <laughs> when the group disagrees with them then they assert yeah. their independence and their autonomy to do what they want to do mm-hmm. or when the group has decreed by majority vote that you need to be a believer in god to function in this society well then they're, they're going to reject that right that rule and requirement yeah all right so i don't know i mean that was pretty basic i don't know if there's a whole lot of fodder for debate or discussion on that so the, one. the the idea here what, what they're, what they're, god is god he's the lawgiver he's the judge the state is not that's the gist of it right right and that the state has to uh the state has to submit to god because he is here here let's see if article two is as boilerplate as that one we affirm that objective truth exists and can be derived from his revelation in scripture and nature. We endorse science, which seeks to discover through the scientific method and debate. We also affirm the limitations of science. Since man has fallen into sin, institutions contain degrees of corruption, which tend to distort, manipulate, or suppress the truth. We therefore deny that human governments always know or seek what is good for their citizens. We reject any deception, fear-mongering, propagandizing, and indoctrination by the state and mass media. We further reject the assertions of any so-called scientific consensus, which abandons the scientific method. Now, this is interesting because the scientific method isn't necessarily something that's pulled straight out of the pages of Scripture, but is it something that's tied to Scripture out of good and necessary consequence? Well, well, what is the scientific method? Let's define that. You, you create observable, you, repeatable. You you, yeah. you create a premise and that can be observed and and tested, and then you test the premise to see whether it remains true. That's the basics of the scientific. And then you continue to test, and but you're never going to uh, necessarily arrive at a at a firm conclusion of what must always be the case with the scientific method. Um, but it, it does help to determine what is true or is likely to be true. Uh, well, and, yeah, and so so what they're saying is only those things that are absolutely provable for anyone to observe should be the factual things on which the... the well, right. I mean, the scientific method is based in logic, and they're saying God is the father of logic, and so you can certainly use mm-hmm. deductive reasoning and logical reasoning to arrive at conclusions. Um, but... 
it does have limitations. Uh, logic does have limitations because it can lead you to wrong conclusions. And where they differ, God is going to be in control. And even those who want to do the right thing, because we're fallen, you know, we've got what are called the noetic effects of the sin. You know, our brains don't work consistently the way that they're supposed to. And so you're going to accidentally make mistakes that might not necessarily be sin, but they're the result of our sinful condition. And so there's that. But then they're also saying, basically, we're all for science, but we're opposed to the science, which I think that's what they're saying here when they're talking about deception, fear-mongering, propagandizing, indoctrination. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. science, which is different, scientism, if you will, or what passes for, for scientism right. even. Which they days. say at the end, we reject scientism, since even when scientific findings correctly describe something, they can't adequately address complex social realities or prescribe policies that have ethical implications. Yeah, so I think we're in pretty st staunch agreement with this, right? Yep. Article three, we affirm that every human being has inherent dignity and worth along with certain inalienable rights and liberties. These rights and liberties include the right to corporate worship, worship, personal and in-person relationships, vocational employments, and participation in the important events of human life, such as the right to comfort the sick and the dying, to attend funerals, to witness the birth of one's child, to marry in a public gathering, to fellowship and eat together with others, and to engage in honorable work. We therefore deny the dehumanizing actions of a governmental authority or any other institution to subject any person to psychological manipulation and intimidation. We likewise oppose the state's mandating of medical decisions for its citizens. This includes the implementation of vaccine passes, social distancing, or mask wearing. Or vocational disempowerment, uh, saying you can't work in certain occupations just because we say so. It says that, uh, that there's a lot of other things in the list. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, in the interest of time, because these are, there's like a, you know, a couple of chunky paragraphs per article and... Um, I think if you're reading it, like if you have the page in front of you, it's not that bad, but as a listener, mm -hmm. I think it's a little hard to track, so I tried to hit what felt like the highlights capturing the gist of what they're trying to say. Frankfurtdeclaration.com, by the way, if you wanted to look it up, Frankfurtdeclaration.com, you can read it yourself. Global trends towards transhumanism and technological surveillance and control over human beings we also oppose since they undermine the human agency, which is so fundamental to our God-given calling. It does, they don't talk too much about, it's a, uh, there's one spot that says the right to have relationships and the right to marry. Um, it, I, they don't really deal with the LGBT question here, but obviously you have, uh, as Vody Bakum said famously, a gay man perfectly has, has the right to marry any woman he wants. <laughs> so we're not prohibiting anybody's right to marry. Um, by saying that marriage is one man and one woman for life. And this is, uh, you know, reasonably well written, I think, and, and they're using a lot of scripture. I just counted really quickly the first three articles, which is what we have read so far now, uh, combined have 39 proof texts. So, you know, they're, they're averaging, what, 13 proof texts per article so far. So using a lot of scripture to try to back up what they're saying, which is why it feels like it's pretty soundly biblical kind of positions that they're taking, mm -hmm. right? So I don't think we have a whole lot of pushback on this one either. Nope. 
All right. By the way, we're almost halfway uh, through the show, so let me pause for a second to reset. This is a habit I used to have, and I got out of the habit, but listening to the show back a little bit, doing some uh, self-policing and, and, and some uh, some air checks, I realized that you know, if somebody missed the first like minute or two of the show, they can be a little lost. So I'm going to try to get back in the habit of, of resetting halfway-ish through the show. So you're listening to The Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. I'm Troy Skinner, pastor of Household of Faith in Christ. Daniel Razvi is a pastor of the Church it beats Imran's house, I think is what they kind of playfully call it. I think it has an official name. And uh, David Forsey is the pastor of a multi-location house church that meets in various households, uh, depending on the week, throughout the tri-state Potomac region. We, we only meet in one house. One house at a week, week at a time. Just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's kind of, it's not exactly a, a, a cycle where it's a predictable rotation, but right. it's, but it's turn-taking. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. All right, anyway, so we're, we're working our way through the Frank, Frankfurt Declaration on, of Christian and Civil Liberties. We've done the first three articles. Now here's article number four. Again, hitting the highlights, I'm, I'm going to be approximately half of what they have for us here. But Daniel's doing a good job speed reading along, and important items I might have uh, skipped by, he'll, he'll throw them in there if he seems to think it's necessary. We affirm that God has established different spheres of responsibility. God has delegated authority to civil governments for the purpose of rewarding good and punishing evil and to protect the God-given rights and freedoms granted to all people. He has also delegated authority to the church and to the family. We therefore deny totalitarian ideology, uh, ide ideologies rather, easy for me to say, of governments which do not recognize the boundaries of their authority. Totalitarianism and statism is built upon beliefs that have fundamentally redefined good and evil and the nature of human beings and are contrary to the divine order of things. We also oppose the view that children are the property of the state. And again, a whole bunch of proof texts here. It looks like there's at least a dozen. And the parts I skipped over, not that they weren't important, but there is some overlap with some of the issues we've discussed throughout these declarations right. in, in recent months, and it seemed like it was just overly redundant. So yeah, We oppose encouragement or manipulation of children to undergo medical procedures without parental consent. That's a big one that we haven't talked about much yet. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this this article is sort of, a, a, in summary, saying there are, there are spheres of authority that God has authorized, and you know, and then they're giving some specifics as to what falls within each of those spheres of authority. Right. Yeah, so there are um, 34 proof texts in the last half. So they're pretty consistent. Right around 13 proof texts per article on average. Oh. So they're trying to use a lot of Bible uh, here. And I'm trying to remember now, I, I knew the, the background on this better, and I should have written it down because I tried to commit it to memory, but you know, I'm getting old now. My memory isn't what it used to be. But I think it was basically just kind of a couple of guys in Europe that got together to put this, maybe a handful, maybe three guys or something, to put this together. And then they kind of put it out there for public cons consumption, like, hey, what do you guys think? And a whole bunch of people kind of rallied around it, and they started doing interviews on a bunch of podcasts and getting a lot of retweets and shares on different social media. And, and it kind of took on a life of its own, but it wasn't put together like a lot of these have been, where it's a confab of a whole bunch of theological thinkers get together and, and iron it out and then they all are in agreement and then they publish it. These guys kind of put it together on their own and then put it out there and said, hey, what do you think? 
So it's 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 interesting what the technology and uh, you know the era that we live in uh, allows things to be differently done. Yeah. All right. So we're done with Article Four. Anything uh, sure. you want? Anything? Okay. Article Five. We affirm that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ belongs to Him. We further affirm that the activities of the local church, insofar as they are essential acts of worship, are to be regulated by Christ alone. We therefore deny that any other authority has jurisdiction over the church to regulate any of its affairs in matters of faith and practice. We thus repudiate all actions of the state that impose coercive measures over the church. Lastly, we resist the trend of digital platforms in Christian worship and ministry to become substitutes for congregational and in-person Amen. ministry. Stepped on some toes there, I'm sure. Amen. But, uh, <laughs> there seems to be an interesting combination of things in here. Um, not just in this article, but in the, in the whole statement. Um, they try to get it all into one statement in four minutes. Yeah. Basically, it's kind of a good summary of what we've talked about for the last six months. It's, yeah, yeah. They're just kind of hitting the highlights, punching it up, and really, but focusing, like, not in the particulars, right? They're, they're, these are the broad issues. Let's just let's reaffirm the, broadly speaking, what it is we're standing for. They're not getting, although they they throw in a couple of particulars, like that last one that we gave the amen to, right? That's a particular. Mm-hmm. And Digital church is not church. Well, they're saying yeah. uh, there's a couple of times they've like we resist the trend of this. We can see where you're going with this, and we don't like where it's going. Like we said, they said transhumanism and AI and stuff like that. They were talking about uh, earlier and surveillance of uh, citizens. And we we can see where you're going. We don't like that direction. And the same thing here. I'm we can see as to which proof where this they're using for those things. But yeah, well, unfortunately, they're not specifically. <laughs> right. um, but it, it well, says here the trend of digital platforms. The idea that oh, I just watched just I just watched the uh, the service from home, you know, and and you hear that more and more. Enough. That's good enough. Because that's know? a classic question for me. If I meet somebody for the first time, you know, I have like four or five kind of go tos, and one of those go tos, depending on the circumstances, is where do you go to church? And a very rarely in the past it would happen, but it's pretty rare. But I get the, oh, I just watch sermons on TV or whatever. Now it's very common. Very, very common. The church sure. trained people up that it was okay back in 2020. And if it was, oh, I can just watch at home, I guess that's what I'll do. I would encourage you, work, listener. Work from home, church from home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're listening right now and that's you, you know, and maybe the faith debate is part of your diet, you know, that's fine. I think the faith debate, hopefully, more times than not, is helpful. But that's not gathering together. How, how do you greet one another with a holy kiss? You know, virtual reality. You know, in today's way, that might be a hug or a, or, or a handshake or something like that. Uh, cultural differences. Uh, maybe some people would disagree and say you should still be doing a holy kiss. I don't know. But, but at the very least, the idea of the holy kiss is that there's a physical proximity. There's, there's you know, flesh meeting flesh kind of thing. And that doesn't happen electronically. That's why I'm not a big fan of these multi-campus locations where there's one pastor who preaches in location, live on location in one place, but then that's piped to like two, three, four, five other locations via a giant jumbotron screen. It's it's not it's it's not the same. And, and that trend, to, to use language of this uh, uh, declaration, does trouble me. Yeah. Yeah. It's- Nothing wrong with getting 
more edifying sermons from different locations. The internet's been great for. I mean, you're listening. If if you're not listening live, you're listening now to uh, something that's that recorded and it's. I listen to a lot of sermons. I do. So that's not what we're saying. Yeah, no, I, we're not I, saying I, stop listening to sermons. sermons online. We're saying don't call it church or a substitute for fellowship with with the believers. Yeah, and if you don't have a fellowship of believers that you can trust in, that they're actually following the word, and contact Troy and he'll set you up with somebody. Yeah, I, and I I say this on on you know irregular occasion, but I've done it quite a number of times now because we have a website and we're you know apparently our um, what do they call that. The, the, where the, the little spider crawlers find you online, the the optimization or something must be pretty SEO. good because the SEO must be okay. The, the design of the website must be okay because quite a few, quite a number of people, surprising to me, have, have found us and have asked that question, even from out of state. Um, their closing uh, paragraph. Let me let me read this and and uh, and we'll have our closing thoughts uh, on this declaration. A call for respect, repentance, and resistance is the heading. We commend and express our gratitude to those civil authorities who respect the essential nature of these Christian beliefs and practices and who have a high regard for individual and religious freedoms. To those civil authorities who have disregarded these freedoms, we call on you to repent, lest in the abuse of your God-given authority you become liable to God's wrath. The tone of this on both the positive and negative has been absent of any other declaration to my memory. Jumping down to the next paragraph, it appears that the world may be entering a time of testing, not only for the church, but for everyone who believes in freedom and who opposes tyranny. Let us pray that God would give us the courage to stand firm in our faith as, he, his, as his witnesses, and that he who is Lord over all would give us the strength to remain faithful and persevere to the end. Amen. And Amen. a woman. No, no, don't go there. One of the things that I think was interesting in this, and maybe, maybe it came out in some of the parts that we didn't read, but uh, you know, they they mentioned Christ is Lord of the Church, and because Christ is Lord of the Church, the government should stay out of the church. And uh, but I think, I think, maybe they're sort of getting at it here a little bit. Christ is Lord of Lord of all, which which they did say. But uh, but he's he's Lord of all civil authorities, and therefore civil authorities should submit to Christ. Yeah, and I like the the, the pastoral notes that got sounded here at the end because that's that's a pastor's heart. You know, if if you've been faithful, if you're a civil authority who hasn't gotten out of your lanes and you're doing what you're supposed to do, you keep that up. Be encouraged. I want to encourage you. I I want you to know that we stand with you. Be encouraged. But for those of you that haven't, you should feel convicted. You need to repent, a call to repentance. I mean, that's, what, that's a good pastor's heart. So the, the, I don't know a lot about the three men. I think it was three men, uh, however many it was, that were involved in mostly writing this. I don't know if they're pastors or not, but I'm going to guess they are, given that sensitivity at, at the end to have sounding a pastoral note. And even ending with the, you know, God would give us all the courage to stand firm. That's like the close to a sermon. There's actually quite a few... <laughs> Quite a few initial signers listed on the yeah. on the website. So I don't know who the original ones were. Vody Bakum's up there on the number two. Is he in that list? Yeah. Yeah. Vody, uh, uh, he carries a lot of weight. You know, those who are Bible 
believers and, and, and kind of you know, conservative in their approach to the Bible. Uh, Vody has, has been in the fights for a long time, uh, fighting the good fight. And so, yeah, he signs this that, that gets people's attention. That might be the signature that actually got them the attention. It might be. Right? Oh, vote. Because that's one of the things There's you also do. people like James White on here. Um, yeah, and James is the real deal as well. He's been in ministry on the front lines John of MacArthur, ministry for like 40 years. MacArthur's, MacArthur's been around for like 60 years. <laughs> MacArthur and, and Bauckham together, are, are, if you get their two names on something, then you know that it's yeah. going to go viral. <laughs> yeah. Did you sign it? I have not. You I, didn't know about it until today, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can sign if you can sign digitally, I signed it. So there's a yeah. It says sixty two hundred signers. Well without me they'd only have sixty one hundred and ninety-nine. <laughs> 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 All right. Well thank you, gentlemen. We made it through an entire declaration in one episode. That's gotta be a record for sure. Thank you guys so much. Daniel Rasby, uh, David Forsey, I'm Troy Skinner, you are you. Find us online at WFMD.com and household of faith in uh, not sure what we're doing next week just yet, but we'll figure it out. Till then, 167 and a half hours from right now, God bless. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.